For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. And joining us is uh, not Ian Smith, but Ian Anderson, the lead cricket writer for stuff.co.nz. Uh, g'day, Ian. How, how did you go behind the stumps in your day? <laughs> uh, I was more of a first slip, even if we were bowling uh, medium pace dribblers 70 overs into the game at high school, basically, so I could stand behind the uh, behind, next to the wicketkeeper who had the transistor behind him, listening to the second league of the double at Trenton, pretty much. <laughs> uh, good to see, good to see, mate. Um, <laughs> great to hear. Uh, now uh, we've got we're in, the, we're in the throes of a T20 World Cup. Uh, of course, the, the first uh, game for the Black Caps was that massive win over New Zealand. I was asking people yesterday if they think the hoodoo, the Australian hoodoo, is done. What do you reckon? Yeah, it was a significant win, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, massively unexpected, really, and just the manner of which it was done too, uh, taking the assault to the host right from the basically the first over and, and never letting up. It was certainly give them a massive boost of confidence. You know, it was an aggressive T20 display, which I think was probably a little bit different from how they played in the UAE when they made the final. So, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how they go from here. And obviously it drew a reaction out of, uh, out of Australia last night as well too. Yeah, did. They got up um, over, over the Sri Lankans. A few people were, were thinking that that might be a smoky for an upset as well, but no, the Sri Lankans managed to, to get it done. Um, something, I guess, a little bit... I was going to say out of character, I don't know if that's fair, but Gary Stead, Kane Williamson tend to be quite conservative in their selections. So dropping Martin Guptill ahead of this T20 World Cup, uh, which we saw, you know, I guess we got signalled in that Bangladesh-Pakistan tri-series, uh, looks one game in, and get, I know, but it looks like it might actually be a masterstroke. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? I, I, I'd probably always been pushing for for Alan to play, thinking that this World Cup, you have to be more dynamic than what you were on the slower, lower surfaces in, in the UAE last year. But I wasn't too sure whether the Black Caps would take that approach or not, given Guptill's record, and particularly you know, in this uh, in this region rather than, than in the subcontinent at all. I thought possibly in that tri-series they might experiment and, and give both options a try, but obviously they'd made up their mind before that tri-series started that Allen was going to be their go-to up front with Conway and, and gave them all five games. I, I guess the surprising element of um, Saturday night's game was we knew how he would try to play. We just didn't know if it was possible to be successful against you know, Stark and Hazelwood and, to a lesser extent, Pat Cummings in a, in a World Cup game at the SCG. Yeah, I mean, th- to be fair... If it had been my call, and it's probably why I, I talk on the radio and don't coach the national cricket team, um, I probably would have kept Gupta where he was, put Conway at first dropped, and, and maybe looked at dropping Williamson because it, it felt like, for me, the T20, the way T20s evolved, it maybe have gone has gone past Kane Williamson's skill set as a batsman. Yeah, I think Williamson's role will be interesting to see as as the tournament progresses. I, I know a lot of people sort of felt the same way. I think possibly maybe on Saturday they could have dropped himself down the order a little bit and that could be a possibility. I still think you need him in there. You know, you look at that, that 
innings that he played in the final against Australia last year when no one from New Zealand really got going apart from Kane and obviously sometimes he does even play him in a little bit in T20 games which can be dangerous if you then get out before you've got going but even maybe tonight against Afghanistan I think those batting skills might be pretty valuable just to judge how you play the game you know Afghanistan will come at New Zealand from a different way through their spin bowlers and someone like Williamson's skill might might be pretty critical to sort of judge what sort of pass score might be, how you bat against them. Um, yeah, so might be a slightly different approach tonight and I think Afghanistan will probably take a different approach and other teams will to Allen now that they've, they've had a wee look at him. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. The, uh, the Afghanis will look to stifle. I mean, I think their biggest problem is that they don't have that much with the bat. You know, their strength is definitely their bowling. So if they win the toss, they'll probably yep. put us in and, and try and restrict and, and, you know, make sure that they don't have too much to chase. Um, how, from a New Zealand fan point of view, how worried are you about tonight? Yeah, as you say, definitely their strength is their bowling. You know, Rashid, Mujibi, Muhammad Nabi, their spin attack. Um, they made England's chase of a very small total look a lot more difficult than it should have been in that, in that opening game. And if they could have held their catches, they could have even put a little bit more pressure on, on England. So it will be a different type of game to seeing Stark and Hazelwood and you know, the Australian medium paces, Bar Zampa. Uh, run and, and try and knock New Zealand over so they might have to be a little cautious and obviously it's it's at a different ground as well too as we remember the hashtag MCG so big it won't be quite as easy to to smack sixes everywhere as we saw in that uh, India-Pakistan game I think there were six threes run in that game including one of the stumps and, and you never really see that in the T20 so the approach might have to just be a little bit different against the Afghanistani bowling attack but as you say um, you know, predictable that, that New Zealand wouldn't win they just have a little bit more batting firepower than, than Afghanistan do Yeah I mean it's that old uh, that old adage of you know you have to create the pace against the spin attacks that, that we see so um, maybe there's different batsmen come into this I mean maybe Mark Chapman becomes more important because of the way he plays Yeah I think probably we'll see Mitchell back I would imagine um, I see that he's he was declared fit and available for selection Yesterday, so that will be that will bolster the side too. Um, so he could be a key guy. He loves to hit straight and long against the spinners. He loves to come down the track and, and hit them back over their head. And I, again, as he has been for at least a year now, Conway is probably New Zealand's key better uh, guy who can tick the scoring rate over well, but bat deep into a game too as well too, which then allows you. Yeah, the hitters to hit out as well too. He's just so reliable. You know, he very rarely fails. He very rarely splits, you know, fails to score at least 20 or 30 and bat for, you know, six or seven overs at least to get them going. And is a very good player of spin too. And being a left-hander, you know, he'll 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 stop some of that um, assistance that maybe Rashid and, and Mujib will get too. So yeah, so he'll be a key factor. What do you make of Australia? Uh, at this tournament, I mean, they didn't play Steve Smith against us. That looks like a looked like a mistake with Glenn Maxwell coming in at four. It made their batting look very shallow. Uh, but they didn't rectify that against uh, Sri Lanka, and I know they won. But still, what's what's going on with Steve Smith there? Yeah, they seem to have decided that he's not a T Twenty player. Um, possibly, like some people think, Williamson isn't a T Twenty player for for New Zealand, and, and even uh, possibly. 
South African fans think the same that maybe Bavuma shouldn't be in their side, um, despite the fact that a lot of these guys have captain. Obviously, you've got Finch captain in Australia. And yeah, they went with that side. I'm a little bit surprised, even possibly, that they stuck with Stoinis, although obviously he paid off against Sri Lanka last night, and maybe that Cameron Green, who got brought in as a, as a last-minute replacement for, for Josh English with that injury, could be even a better option there. Uh, it's, it's funny, I, I predicted when we did a, a prediction of, of the team's and likely results in this tournament for stuff last week. I still felt Australia would win this tournament, even though I didn't feel they were a particularly great side. But I probably felt the same way last year in the UAE, and they found a way to win. And at home, there's still certainly the capabilities of winning there. But they're not a great side. Um, there are some fallibilities about their team. So, again, they rectified things a bit against Sri Lanka last night, but they're still having to chase that net run rate, whereas... The Black Caps are, are very comfortable knowing that really they, they just have to win you know, three of their four matches from here out and not worry about that situation really. And if they do, they've got Ireland in the, in the last game of qualifying. Now, we uh, saw Australia last night. They had to chase uh, a reasonable total, but not a ma- massive total. 157 for six the Sri Lankans made. Uh, interesting that the Aussies couldn't actually get them out of there. Um, but as I mentioned... Once again, no Steve Smith, but it looks like Aaron Finch has taken on the Smith role. I mean, we know he's been struggling for form, but he carried his bat. He was 31 not out of 42. Uh, strike rate's only 73, but he was very much the guy that they built the innings around and he let everybody else, um, you know, attack the bowling. Yeah, it's interesting with Finch, isn't it? I think he's still probably trying to find the best way to, to get his way out of form. He he looked to be a little bit more aggressive. He, was, he had a good success in that um final warm-up game against India and then against New Zealand again went fairly cheaply. I think he's still trying to find the best way for him to play, whether it's to hit his way out of form. And then last night he was you know, just able to, to knock it around once Stoinis got going and Stoinis threw the bat with obviously a, a ton of success, but there was a little bit of luck early on, but that's, that's T20. You only need you know, two or three overs to change the, the course of the game. Again, I think they're relying on on Warner to score heavily at the top order, which hasn't happened for them so far, but there's still plenty of games to go in the tournament for, for that to change. Yeah, there is. And then, of course, you mentioned Marcus Thornis. I mean, these numbers are crazy reading, aren't they? 59 runs off 18 balls, four sixes, six sixes, a strike rate of 327.77. And when Indu De Silva would have been having nightmares last night, he finished with 53 for none off three overs. Yeah, that was the most interesting about it, I think, wasn't it? That he's their key bowler. Mm. Um, he's he's their best bowler. Um, he's had to pick with his, with his varieties that he bowls. Uh, and he was very good throughout that um, qualifying group as well, too. So interesting as to whether they decided to, to target him and think, well, they couldn't let him t- take terms. Uh, but I think it was more the fact that just, you know, they knew they needed to get their net run rate up and they felt that that total was something that they could go after with, with some with some batters in hand to, to chase that. Yeah, and now this uh, English side that, uh, you know, is the team that we haven't really talked about, they beat Australia in a series leading into this T20 World Cup. If you're Australia, how worried are you? Because they need to win out from here, right? So they need to beat the Poms, a team that uh, know that they, you know, this Australian side is fallible. Yeah, that looms as the biggest match of the tournament so far, doesn't it? Particularly in, in New Zealand's group. Um, it'll be all eyes on that. As you say, they looked pretty good matched up against Australia in those in those warm-up games. I don't know how much we can take from a warm-up game, I suppose, when we saw that New Zealand got beaten by nine wickets from South Africa and then went in out and have it Australia about four days later. So warm-up games are warm-up games, I guess. But yeah, uh, obviously England have a lot of 
explosive run scoring ability up through Butler and Hales and then Milan is a guy who's capable of scoring quickly without looking like he's trying to do so too much. Stokes as well. Uh, Harry Brooks obviously a very good young player. The question I suppose a little bit is possibly against England's bowling attack. They have a lot of good experienced seamers, sort of crafty bowlers and then Wood obviously is your pace man who'll look to knock players over but obviously there's no Joffre Archer there. He hasn't been there for a while. And then they lost Reese Topley's injury just before the tournament started, who was going to be one of their key T20 bowlers as well too. So that might be a, a batting matchup game. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. We actually get to see England in action uh, today from five o'clock in Melbourne against the Irish, um, and a New Zealand play Afghanistan tonight at nine o'clock in Melbourne. It's uh, you would have thought the organisers would have looked at this and gone, let's switch those games around because the TV times for UK audiences and, and, and New Zealand audiences would be far better switched around, wouldn't they? What's going on there? Yeah, I'm also wishing they'd be switched around as well. So I'm looking at New Zealand's schedule. I think they've only got one 5pm game the whole qualified New Zealand time. I'm trying to think what time I'm going to be working till uh, tomorrow morning to write an analysis piece and coverage pieces and things like that. It would be quite nice to have a 5pm game. And as you say, it would uh, certainly suit English TV if they'd uh, be able to get up in the morning and watch their side play. So not too sure exactly what's going on there. It's a little bit like having the All Blacks and Black Ferns playing at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, or the or the All Blacks and the Barbarians uh, and the New Zealand All Bla- the All Blacks fifteen playing at the same time. But that, that's a whole other conversation there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The other group um, that uh, that rained out game in Hobart could be costly for the South Africans, couldn't it? Poor old South Africa. They don't have a lot of luck with rain, do they? Mm. In, in World Cups, it goes a long way back. Um, I, I noticed Boucher say that you know he was probably happy if anything that happened in the first game now they know from here what they need to do with just getting one point from that game and I suppose there's a possibility that could happen to other teams yet as well too but yeah that was obviously two points that they should have had that they don't have that they're going to probably have to now um, I suppose they probably still had to beat one of Pakistan or India I imagine and if they do that they might be right depending on other results but maybe they now have to rely on you know either Pakistan or India losing a game to someone else somewhere along the way. Uh, obviously, the, the umpires and the match officials tried to get that game done, and you could imagine if you were Zimbabwe, you probably would have been saying, why are we still playing out here just because you feel like you know the Proteas should win this game and we're going to give them every opportunity when... I know um, I'm always amongst the, the view with many cricket fans that you know they should be able to play through a little bit of rain, but that game, you know, it, it had to be... Had had to be abandoned. It just wasn't possible to play proper cricket in that, and so so South Africa were on the wrong side of the of the of the, uh, the weather in that. Yeah, they were very much so. And that that India Pakistan game, what a finish to that! I mean, I went to bed at uh, the tenth over of the Indian innings, thinking, "Oh, this is done." Yeah, I um I hung in there just watching it sort of uh, out of the corner of my eye for a while. And then just got drawn into it. Um, it was it was an insane match. It had so many interesting bits and pieces to it. Um, <laughs> that final over was was just capped it all off. Was the was the cream on the top. Um, you could have never predicted some of the things that happened in there. Uh, but it was yeah, and played in front of an amazing atmosphere at a massive ground. And it was interesting to see you know had just how much pace that MCG wicket had it in as well too. Uh, both quick bowlers. Uh, for both teams, the quick bowls for both teams just look very impressive. Um, you could imagine possibly Lockie Ferguson and Adam Milne sort of licking their lips at the possibility of getting in going. That I understand that 
the MCG wickedness chase a little bit in recent years. They brought over a groundsman from from Perth um, to look to see if they could spice it up a little bit, and it certainly had plenty of carry and bounce on Saturday night, which may have also been a little bit the result of so how much rain. You know, Victoria's had in the last month or so freshen it up a little bit. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays tonight too. Yeah, it will be. All right, Ian. Hey, listen, thanks very much for your time today, mate. Uh, always great talking cricket with you. Go well and uh, keep up the good work at stuff.co.nz uh, through this World Cup, eh? We're enjoying it. All good. Cheers, mate. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.